Thanks for tuning in to After Dark with Rob and Andrew, which is available on America Out Loud's iHeartRadio channel, along with streaming on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Please be sure to search for America Out Loud. In addition to that, we're available on AmericaOutloud.news, which has thousands of podcasts and articles updated daily. We always appreciate when you share on social media. That helps us out a great deal. Once again, a lot to talk about tonight. We still really haven't gotten into uh, Mitch McConnell freezing up in the middle of his speech. Another geriatric politician that has no place still being in the Senate. And to make matters worse, he's the minority leader. It's like, how did he get that spot? I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. These establishment politicians just go along with the charade and put Mitch McConnell, who's completely inept. He doesn't stand up for any of the top issues. Uh, the guy came out and bashed President Trump after January 6th, like you wouldn't believe. Just went on a total anti-Trump tirade. And since then, he's been MIA in the Biden administration, other than palling with Joe Biden. He's been spotted hanging out with him several times at the White House. And I'm sure that's because they can really relate because uh, they're both so um, elderly and have the same kind of issues. It's kind of like a nursing home meeting up, but it's Biden and McConnell. Uh, obviously we hope that he is okay, but it's time for this guy to retire. It's been past time for him to retire and shame on all the Senate Republicans who voted to keep him as the minority, uh, leader. That's absolutely pathetic. They're laughing at us just like they are with Dianne Feinstein, uh, with Fetterman and Biden. These other countries are looking at this country and saying it's a joke. They've got people who are geriatric, who have dementia in Biden's case, and probably McConnell and Feinstein's case. I mean, Feinstein the other day at the House, uh, she was just supposed to give a yay or nay vote, and she started spilling into a speech. They had to tell her, Diane, it's just yay or nay. I mean, she doesn't even know where she's at. Um, Rob, what's your thoughts on the latest with Mitch McConnell? I want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. Uh and I'm sure that we have a lot of older listeners who saw this and they're probably like aghast at what happened with Mitch McConnell. Just froze up. I think that's indicative of Mitch McConnell's position as a minority leader in the Senate. He's been freezing up a lot. In 2022, when Rick Scott ran against him, Republicans should have gotten behind Rick Scott and said, we want him. Mitch McConnell is a dinosaur. Mitch McConnell should retire. Mitch McConnell has had health issues before. He needs to get out. Mitch McConnell has served his country well with some of the things that he has done. And here on After Dark with Robin Andrew, we've mentioned this. We said that he worked with Trump to get federal judges to the courts. And he got a lot of them there, but there were also some positions that weren't filled because of Mitch McConnell. As you mentioned, that Mitch McConnell and Trump had a tumultuous relationship. No fault of Trump's, more so of Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell, who's from that old golden days of, uh, of Republicanism. 
that boat has left. We're not getting back on that boat. It's time for something new. It's time to move forward. It's time to step up. It's time to be held accountable. It's time to start calling out the Democrats and stop trying to sit down and sit in the back and go, oh, well, no, uh, we want to be nice. We don't want to fight because it, it just it makes us look bad. What do you mean? You already look bad. They already have you looking bad. They don't like you. And I keep trying to get this into the thick heads of Republicans. The Democrats don't like you. They don't care about you. Stop with this whole thing of reciprocity. We can't do it because they did it. Because once they get in power, they're going to do it to us. They're already doing it to you. They impeached Trump not once but twice on false accusations. Now, some of you will sit there and go, well, he had it coming because he should shut up his mouth. It doesn't matter if his mouth is open or shut. They were still going to come after him because of his politics, because he was trying to turn the curve. He was trying to expose all of this pay-to-play, something that you guys don't like because you're in on it. So him freezing up is just indicative as to what he's been doing all along since he's been on the Hill. Why would he relinquish his title? Why would he give it up? Why does he feel that we need him and not someone else? And let's not get this confused with age, and cognitive ability. Because, once again, Republicans are allowing Democrats to define the narrative. We don't want people in office who are young and inexperienced, like AOC, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, who, when push came to shove, she ran jobs out of New York City because she didn't understand the economics. She decided to run the jobs out. Oh, well, we don't want Amazon here. Let's get them out. No, we got to stand up. And then she's going to go out and congratulate herself. Look at what we did. Yeah, you kept jobs from coming to the city. You idiot. An inexperienced idiot. We don't need people like that. So let's not get it confused. Because many times people keep saying, no, we want young blood. It's time for a new generation. Yeah, I get that. But we want people who have experience. We want people who know what they're doing. When you're in your 20s and your 30s and you've never done anything but work at a bar or sat on social media making taking pictures, we don't want you there. Now, of course, you might be able to attract other people because you're getting snapshots here and you're getting likes here and likes there. But who are those people? Do, can they even think? Can they even form a sentence? And for the most part, it's unfortunate because of our school system, our education system, which is we've dumbed down everything. We got to wake up. So when we start speaking about age, we're also speaking about cognitive ability, something that Joe Biden does not have. We're talking about the physical health, something that Mitch McConnell is suffering with. And I dare say Diane Feinstein is suffering with both physically and mentally, as you mentioned. They gave a, had a vote the other day. And as opposed to her just saying, yay, she's going into some big speech. Uh, and it was, it was all prepared because what she was saying, she says it in every speech. Well, I'm looking at this and I want to say that this bill is like, Diane, that is not the time or the place. 
And they kept trying to tell her, just say yeah. And she's, well, no, I'm looking. She just kept repeating it over and over again because she's rehearsed this for so long since she's been in the Senate that she didn't know what else to say. And then finally, I guess someone pinched her and said, look, girlfriend, you need to skip with, stick with the script and just say yay. Then she goes, oh, oh, they, they said just to say yay, so yay. And she looked so frail. She should not be representing California. She shouldn't be there. You see, this is part of the institution. This is part of what Trump was trying to get rid of. He wants to get rid of those old dinosaurs who shouldn't be there. And the only reason why she's there is because she wants to go down in history as being the longest serving senator who happens to be a woman. Oh, and this is something for young girls to look up to. No, it is not. When your time has come, exit stage left, plain and simple. Get off the stage. You've done all you can do. Don't do any more damage. The same thing with Mitch McConnell. Can barely speak. He's always mumbling. But as you said correctly, Andrew, he likes Joe Biden because they're brothers of the same cloth. They're both challenged cognitively and physically. As I mentioned on one of our other shows, they've now changing the script for Joe Biden. He will no longer walk up those stairs to Air Force One. He's going to enter from a side door from shorter stairs. Stairs that the servants go through. Or the servicemen, I don't know who they are. He will no longer wear dress shoes. They're going to put him on rubber gripping shoes because he's subject to fall. Well, not subject to fall. We've seen him fall all over the place. And they've blamed it on, oh, it's the wind. Or he didn't see that. Or it's just a normal stumble. No, it's not. Trump never stumbled. Obama never stumbled. Jimmy Carter never stumbled. And we know that Ford stumbled, but that was an accident. But they made it out to be a big deal. But the Republicans, they won't say anything about George stumbling. They'll say, oh, let's keep it quiet. Let's not say anything about it. No, we don't keep it quiet. We need to call it to everyone's attention. This man is stumbling because he's at a senior age and he's struggling cognitively and his gait is off. And I called it from day one. I said, his gait is off. I kept saying it. Now, of course, I got kicked off Twitter because they didn't want that out there. They don't want you guys to know the truth. His gait is off. He needs a walker. He needs a king. Then you have Mika Brzezinski on this show on this PMS NBC, Joe Scarborough show. And folks, Joe Scarborough is not a Republican. He's not a Republican. He's a rhino. He's a Democrat. I mean, he's out attacking every Republican out there. He hates Trump because Trump didn't, I guess, didn't find Mika uh, attractive. And they, they're mad about that. You see how these people make take things personal? And it's to the, at the detriment of the country. They take things so personal that it's destroying the country. This whole indictment, this whole thing, persecution of Trump, is people taking things personal. They don't care about the country. They don't care about the country falling down. They're taking it personal. And because the voters don't know the truth, because they're listening to this fake news, they don't realize that they're actually being impacted by this negatively. But going back to Mika Brzezinski, who was attacking Joe's staffer, saying, oh, it's you guys. You guys are supposed to be covering for him. You guys shouldn't allow us to see him falling down. You guys should make certain that he's taken care of. You should make certain that he's getting his milk and cookies and that he's not staying up past his bedtime. Mika, the man is a freaking president. He knew what he was getting into or he should have known. And if he didn't, his wife or his family should have had a intervention and said, Joe, you're past your prime. Get out. But they can't do it now because they don't trust Kamala Harris. And it just goes back to the Democrats and their identity politics because they're telling us that women can do everything, especially a black woman. 
well, if they can do everything, why don't you guys encourage Joe to step down and allow Kamala to step up? They won't do it because no one trusts Kamala. The administration doesn't trust her. The Democrat Party doesn't trust her. And the media doesn't trust her because they know she's an imbecile. She's incompetent. Now, they'll try to remake her. They'll try to like polish her up. And if she's the last resort, if they have no choice, if they feel that they can't convince black voters to support her, if they feel that they haven't sold her enough to black voters, they'll try to reinvent her image and try to make her strong. But we all know that there's nothing behind her but an empty suit. So Mika Brzezinski, you can take your advice that you're trying to give and you're trying to put out there in the open that this is what you guys should do. No, his family should tell him to step down. He's beyond his prime. Republicans should come together and tell Mitch McConnell to step down. He's beyond his prime. He's challenged. That poor woman, Diane Feinstein, she looks like the, a walking skeleton. It's unfortunate that they're abusing her. This is elder abuse. Joe Biden is elder abuse, as well as Diane Feinstein, as well as Mitch McConnell. And I will take it a step farther. If Trump started to exhibit signs of dementia or Alzheimer's, cognitively challenged, then he should step aside. But he's not exhibiting those signs the same way. There are other people in their 90s who aren't exhibiting the signs. Look at Mitch Gagger. Mitch, 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 uh, what is it? Mick Gagger, Jagger, Mitch Gagger, Mitch Jagger, Mick Jagger. Gosh, I can barely say the name. No, I'm not experiencing signs of dementia. I'm just having difficulties pronouncing the guy's name because I have so many names in my head. But Mick, Ga Mick Jagger, <laughs> he's just turned 80. He's Biden's age. And he's out there still on tours. And you know what else? He's still making babies at 80 years old. Look at Geraldo Rivera. He's Biden's age. Bernie Sanders. He's Biden's age. Warren Buffett, he's older than them all. Think the guy's in his 90s. And he's still over Berkshire Hathaway, making decisions, still walking around. So it's not necessarily about the age, but the cognitive ability. And we all age differently. We will all age differently. But for Joe Biden, the aging just has not been a forte for him. It just hasn't been one of those things that he's going to age gracefully. And then we hear about him shouting and yelling at staff members. It's a sign of old age. It's a sign of dementia, that they're easily they're irritable. They get easily upset. But the media won't call it out. But think of all the times Trump was in office. And they were saying, oh, he's wandering around lost in the White House. Oh, he's mad. The walls are closing in. Oh, he's, he's going to throw his sons under the bus. And he's mad at this person. He's that person. He was walking down the stairs because his old age. And oh, he's this. And oh, oh, my God. And then when he finally did a physical and did a mental acuity test and released it, the media balked about it. Oh, this is not true. Oh, this can't be true. It's impossible. Look at him. He's too big. He's this. He's that. But he released it, and he didn't have to. Biden hasn't released his physical or mental records for us to look at. Not at all. These are the things that Republicans should be pointing out. These are the things they should be talking about. Oh, yeah, and they can do them all. They, absolutely. Democrats did it all. They lied about Trump, impeached him twice while they were destroying the country, fought against everything that he tried to do, just fought against it, gave us a great economy. They fought against that. They wanted to take your attention off that and take your attention, put your attention on, oh, he's, uh, he's colluding with Russia. And we now know it was a big lie. We need to hold them accountable. 
So when I hear Republicans saying we need to move on, I don't know if the voters want to know. No, the voters want you to hold them accountable because if we don't hold them accountable now, they will do it again, Andrew. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You guys are tuned into After Dark with Robin Andrew, which is available on America Out Loud's iHeartRadio channel Monday through Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, or 6 p.m. on the West Coast. We'll be back with more After Dark with Robin Andrew after a short break. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. For 25 years, Global Healing has proudly produced the highest quality supplements and cleansing programs that are rooted in nature and backed by science. Get 15% off all of our products using code OUTLOUD. Global Healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. We're back here on After Dark with Rob and Andrew and coming up on the end of the week here shortly. And it's just like there's so many topics we need to get to this week uh, and so little time to do it. We're just going to move right along here and continue discussing the news. And, and Joe Biden and his administration continue to get away with just about anything. And President Trump, of course, is being held down and... Uh, charged with just about anything that they can come up with in a desperate attempt to try and take him out of the race before things really get heated up. Uh, he is clearly the front runner here in the Republican primary. Ron DeSantis and his campaign seem to be coming up short. I mean, he just fired um, like two thirds of his staff, something like that, and he's overspending. He's getting a lot of donations, but apparently he is overspending. He is still down bigly in the pools. Uh, even in some states like New Hampshire, Chris Christie is gaining on him and only a couple of points behind DeSantis. In other states like Pennsylvania, or I mean Ohio, Vivek has surpassed DeSantis as second place. So a lot of trouble in DeSantis land. And it's really unfortunate to see a lot of his influencers online that work for his campaign, like Christina Pushaw. I mean, they're just like 24-7 Trump 
bashers nowadays, which I guess is what happens in a primary campaign. But it's just unfortunate that things are getting so nasty. And I worry that um, Ron DeSantis has probably really hurt, damaged his political career. If he had just went along with Trump, he probably would have been vice president in 2024 and set him up perfectly for being vice president. I mean, president in 2028. And now whoever gets Trump's vice president spot, if Trump is successful in the election, you would think is the front runner. And you hear so many of these DeSantis supporters uh, bash President Trump. But I don't think what they take into account is that there's millions of Americans who don't trust politicians. They're the ones who got us into this mess that our country is currently in. And they're not ready to go back to voting for someone like Ron DeSantis, who has a history in politics. They still like an outsider like President Trump, who proved when he got into office, he didn't just forget about his supporters. In fact, he spoke to them often. He would listen to them and he would speak out on important issues to his supporters. We don't ever see that with uh, politicians. And that's what President Trump did. And we're not ready to go back to someone like uh, establishment politician who might just get in there and forget about what we put him in there for and just try and force his own agenda on everybody. So there's a lot of interesting things going around, including this whole thing with the Florida curriculum uh, that Ron DeSantis has put out with Black History. Uh, Tim Scott, Byron Donalds, and others have taken exception to it, saying uh, that it's wrong to teach that these slaves learned important trades while being slaves that were useful to them after slavery. Rob, what's your thoughts on that entire controversy with Ron DeSantis and the black Republicans who think his curriculum uh, is out of place? Well, this is what I'll say. I, I, I want to address that. Then I want to go back to what you were talking about, the loyalty, the bashing of Trump. Okay, the the whole thing with the curriculum on, on slavery, it was created by a black professor, a rather distinguished black professor. And we have to put everything into context. When I first heard it, I'm like, okay, what exactly is happening here? I'm not understanding what they're talking about. What did Ron do? What did Ron say? Did he wade into waters that he shouldn't have waded into? Because he has a tendency of doing that. So when I started researching and reading the story, apparently what they were saying is that the from being enslaved, slavery, being the slaves, a lot of them were able to pick up trades that benefited them after slavery ended or during slavery. Case in point, if you were a horseshoeman, if you knew how to shoe horses, if you knew how to weld, you were able to utilize those skills once slavery ended to help you support your family. At the same time, if during slavery, if you were a blacksmith, you were good at doing, uh, uh, putting shoes on horses or welding, farming, you were successful enough that you were able to barter with your owner to say, I will do X, Y, Z. You can sail me out to work at other on other plantations for my freedom. And that did happen. 
That's another part of slavery, which was a very brutal institution that a lot of people don't want to recognize, that there were some slaves who were able to barter with their masters to say, I will do X, Y, Z if you give me my freedom. And a lot of them were able to get their freedoms. Now, this was not the norm, but it did happen. And when they were able to gain their freedom, they were able to use the skills that they learned as a slave to support themselves and their families. That's it. No one is saying that slavery was great. We know that it was bad. I mean, this entire conversation is ridiculous. People are taking sides. Tim's gone, oh, well, we can't say that. Okay, Tim, understand what they're saying. No one is saying that slavery was necessarily always a great Shangri-La. No. But what the, the fact remains, and you cannot escape it, that there were some slaves who were able to take certain skills and utilize those skills to help them. The same way with those slaves who were able to read. They were able to take those skills and learn to read for themselves. That when slavery was over, they say, hey, I can read. I can do X, Y, Z. That's it. Okay? So making this a, a mountain out of – making a molehill out of a mountain is ridiculous. I'm like, here we go again with something that's a side attraction. Explain it. Understand it. Move on. Don't be defined by it. But, of course, Democrats are going to stick with it because they want to label him as a racist. And Tim Scott just walked right into it. Now, of course, he's probably trying to say, well, I'm going to say this so that I can get one leg up on DeSantis. But come on, Tim. You know what they're saying. Maybe uh, DeSantis wasn't good as far as articulating it. And we know, Andrew, we, you and I, we've even said this about DeSantis. He's not a good communicator. When he was going against Andrew Gillum, had it not been for Trump coming in, he wouldn't be the governor of Florida. It would be Andrew Gillum, a man who's since come out as being bisexual or gay or what have you, he would have been the governor because DeSantis was afraid to attack. And again, he wasn't a good communicator and he's not good with people. And maybe he'll learn to get good with people after this. But just going back to what you were saying earlier about loyalty and bashing and how they're all bashing Trump. No, this is not the norm. And it shouldn't be this way. This is rather unusual in this presidential election cycle. They all want to gang up on Trump because they know that Trump could possibly be the victor. So they want to throw everything at him. Now, it's okay. Of course, you're going to take some swipes at your opponent. We get it. I get that. But at the level that they're doing it now, like I said, Heard, who went out and was attacking Trump, doing a, a, I think it was in Iowa, and he got booed off stage, rightfully so. Because that was all his campaign is on. I'm just going to attack Trump. I'm going to say, oh, guys, you're being deceived. Don't vote for Trump. Oh, Trump, Trump. Look at all these things that are going against Trump. Okay, but when you look at it and you see what he's going through, it was manufactured, created by the Democrats. So you're now going to support that and you're going to say that it's okay. And you're going to say, oh, yeah, you know, we should. It's okay to go with this. So I'm like, well, Hurt, are you even looking? Are you, are you seeing what's happening? Anyone who's running for the presidency as a Republican, and if they're going to go after Trump because they're going to say, oh, it's nothing going to be the same old thing with Trump again. It's going to all be about him. Look at all this negativity that's coming out. It's just a Trump story again. Knowing that it was manufactured by the Democrat, then you should not be running because you don't know how to address the issue. Look at Vivek. Vivek is saying, no, this is wrong. This shouldn't be happening. They're persecuting this man because they don't want him to run. They're persecuting him for things that they, in fact, are doing, that Joe Biden is doing. And that's all you have to say, Will Hurd. Just call it out. DeSantis, call it out, Chris Christie. Call it out, Mike Pence, who's nowhere to be found now. 
because he's tanked in the polls. That's all you guys have to do. You have to look at it and say, wait a minute. If you want to bring up what Trump is going through, Joe Biden has committed all those offenses and then saw, including his son, when you guys said that Don Jr. had done it. Don Jr. had done nothing compared to what Hunter Biden is doing. That's all you have to do and just say, now, if you want to go there, if you want to discuss this, we can. But just be aware that what I'm going to say is that you guys colluded with the Democrat Party to bring up all this stuff because he has done nothing wrong. Well, what about the classified documents? What about Joe Biden, his classified documents? What about Mike Pence? What about Bill Clinton? When Sandy Berger was caught coming out of the White House, putting classified documents in his underwear and in his socks. Barack Obama had classified documents. So do you really want to talk about classified documents or do you just want to make a mountain, a molehill out of a mountain out of a molehill or whichever way it goes? I mean, that's all you have to see. And if they can't articulate that, then they should be running because I just gave you your talking points because we know that this is nothing but a witch hunt. Even the situation in Florida, I mean, in, uh, in Georgia. Fannie Willis, she's looking at bringing charges. Charges against what? Well, he tried to seat other electorals. Really? He's just on the phone saying, I know you guys can find these many votes. That's all I need. Look at what Hillary Clinton did when she lost. Oh, Trump, he colluded with Russia. He's not, he wasn't legitimately elected. But then Trump can't say that? And then you want to say that he's guilty for saying that? I mean, and then you have Alvin Bragg, who's bringing charges against Trump. It's like, are you like, come on. Well, he misput this on a tax return. Okay, look at Hunter Biden. He said that prostitutes were his workers. Maybe they were working for him, but to put it on a tax return? I mean, it's like Republicans, come on. I mean, they're gunning for Trump because they're afraid that Trump is going to expose them again and get rid of them, and rightfully so. And Trump better do it. He better not get into office and say, oh, well, he's a good he, these are good people. I can't go after them. Hell no. Uh-uh. You're going to go after them with the force of thunder, and you're going to expose all this stuff. And if Joe has to go to jail at this demented stage, I don't care. But you better not pardon him because he doesn't deserve to be pardoned. I mean, we got to start getting tough. we got to play the game the way they play it. It's a new game out there. So this bashing of Trump, no, it's not the normal. It shouldn't be that way. But they're doing it because you're thinking that if we can knock him out, we'll be able to, get, we'll be able to take his place. Really? And you think Democrats are going to welcome you in with open arms? Absolutely not. And I hear the talk, the rhetoric is that, well, they want Trump because they think they can beat him. Of course they think they can beat him because they know that Republicans are going to join forces with them to beat him, to lie and cheat. But if we start holding them accountable, if Kevin McCarthy decides, okay, we're going to exonerate Trump, we're going to get, expunge the record because these impeachments we know were lies, and then let them take it to the Supreme Court. It was a lie of an impeachment. They did it just to stop him, to damage him, plain and simple. And now that we control the House, heck, we need to do the same thing, but we're doing it rightfully so. And that's what an impeachment is for. They say, well, it's political. Okay, maybe it is political, but look at what Joe Biden did. He acted in a political fashion to gain favor with other countries. We just got to start speaking the truth and stop being afraid. Going back to DeSantis. And this whole thing with loyalty, because earlier on we heard about this, and this was before DeSantis even said that he was going to run for office. We heard people saying, well, you know, Trump is stuck in this whole loyalty thing, and, you know, you got to throw that out. And even when Trump was in office, they were saying, well, Trump wants people to be loyal to him. And are you guys foreign to the word loyalty? Of course you want someone who's working with you to be loyal. 
You don't want someone who's going to go in with a different agenda, which is what John Kelly had when he went in, Mad Dog Mattis, Rex Tillerson, and all the other people that were working in the Trump administration. They had their own agenda. They had no loyalty to that administration. They wanted to do their own thing. And when they saw that Trump wasn't going to have it, then, oh, well, we're going to we're going to we're going to resign. And we're going to when we resign, we're going to call him out. Look at John Bolton. And wasn't he supposed to be running for president? I guess he got no traction. I guess he realized that there really wasn't a lane for him, that people saw him for what he really is, a warmongerer. He did the same thing. He left. Oh, I'm going to attack Trump viciously. Why? You want someone working for you who is loyal. Trump reached out. Did not know DeSantis, but when DeSantis was at his most vulnerable moment, the most vulnerable point of his campaign, he could have lost the election. Folks, don't forget about this. You need to go back and read it. He could have lost the election. He was about to lose the election. You got to remember Oprah Winfrey, Barack Obama, Stacey Abrams, they were all supporting Andrew Gillum, who was living two lives who was already under investigation for taking money from donors to go to, to come to New York to see the play Hamilton, which I heard isn't that great of a play. So all those people that are saying, oh, it's so great, it's so great. No, it's two hours of nonsense, what I've been hearing. And I never wanted to see it, and I thank God I haven't gone to see it. But back to the story about DeSantis not being loyal. I understand perfectly where Trump is coming from. I'm going to help you to become governor when you almost lost. I'm on the campaign trail and someone said, go help him. And it might have been Karl Rove and those other rhinos. And Trump said, okay, let's do it. Let's do a rally. He went in and saved your butt because you weren't about to do it. You were about to lose. And then you came out and said that you would not run for the presidency, that you would support Trump. But once you allowed the Bushes to whisper in your ear once you allow the likes of Karl Rove and these other rhinos to tell you, oh, you can do this. Look at what you did to Florida. Oh, they love you here in Florida. Why don't you challenge Trump? You could do it. And now look at where you are. It's embarrassing. You want to turn your back on the man who saved your campaign. Saved you. And then you want to pretend as if, though, oh, I don't know him. Oh, I'm going to attack him. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be iffy, washy, iffy, iffy with him. And now look at how you're imploding from within, having to lay off staffers, having to retool, and then telling donors, oh, please don't leave me. And now donors are looking at other people, candidates who more than likely won't gain any traction. I like Tim Scott, but Tim Scott can't even get above by back. That's embarrassing. Come on, Tim. I don't want Mike Beck to be president. I wouldn't vote for him. Now, of course, if he gets a nomination, I don't have a choice. But Tim, what are you doing? As opposed to focusing on Trump, you should focus on Mike Beck. And Trump said the other night, he was like, yeah, I have all these people attacking me. You know, should I or should I not go to the, I think they're having a debate on August 23rd. He's like, should I participate or should I not? I don't think he should participate. Why should he? He's ahead in the polls. And people, oh, well, no, he owe it. He's got to do it. No, there were debates that he missed back in 2016. Why do you guys want him to uh, come to this debate? They want him there because they want him to be attacked. They want them all to gang up on him so they can laugh and say, see that? He can't handle this. Oh, no. No, don't fall for it, Trump. Don't do it. Don't debate. You should not debate. 
You don't have to. Let them fight amongst themselves. And of course, they'll say, well, why isn't he here? Well, he's not here because he's afraid. No, he's not there because he doesn't have time to be there. He needs to focus on these frivolous lawsuits, these frivolous legal cases that the Democrats have thrown his way and that Republicans are afraid to stand up and say, you guys need to stop it. Where are the red state attorney generals that can call this out and say, wait a minute, Bidens aren't so clean themselves. We need to call them out. Where are you guys sitting and waiting, wondering, let's see if Trump is going to actually be able to do this. Well, it's going to be too late once he got it, because then people are going to be looking somewhere else. You need to start pulling the people together now. Going back to DeSantis, loyalty matters. It counts. And as Andrew said, you could have been sitting pretty knowing that, hey, he will probably pick me to be the vice president. But you allow these people to whisper in your ear that, oh, you can do it. Why don't you do it? Forgetting about what happened to you when you were running against Andrew Gillum. Forgetting about who had to come in and save you. Forget all about it. Oh, well, Trump, he's too old. We got to look at his age. No, it's not about the age. It's about the cognitive ability. It's about being able to communicate, to connect with people. See, you're listening to these rhinos to tell you, oh, talk about his age because he's age, he's old also, and you're young. Yeah, you're young, but do you have experience? Do you have what it takes? And that's what we open the show talking about, having what it takes, having the experience to go the distance. And now you're having to retool, and everyone sees this. And of course, the Democrats are going to use this against you. They're going to say, oh, you, you, could, you could barely run a primary. You could barely do it. And then, of course, you're going to want Trump supporters to come in and support you if you get the nomination. I mean, Andrew, these people really got to wake up and stop allowing the rhinos of the party to fill their heads up with nonsense. Yeah, very well said. You're tuned into After Dark with Robin Andrew, which is available on America Out Loud's iHeartRadio channel Monday through Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, or 6 p.m. on the West Coast. We'll be back with more After Dark with Robin Andrew. Well, the out loud truth was the rallying call that started it all. AmericaOutloud.news was an idea, a movement, a place where folks would feel comfortable speaking the truth without being censored or canceled. The First Amendment is alive and well. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. So the last half of the show, I'm just going to circle back with what we opened up talking about and that's uh these politicians who need to step down when they've reached a certain age and not necessarily well let me just step take a step back it's not necessarily because of the age but the age and cognitive ability because if you don't have it like joe biden mitch mcconnell and diane feinstein 
you really do need to step aside. And we named other people who are at their age who are functioning perfectly. And at the same time, as we said, being young doesn't necessarily mean that you have all the answers because you look at Ron DeSantis, young chap, but his inability to connect with people is holding him back. And while they're all trying to attack Trump with all oh, his age and look at all the drama, it's like, but he's like the Energizer Bunny. This, none of this has phased him. And Andrew, I got to say, he looks the same age he looked when he came in in 2016. It doesn't seem as if though any of this stuff has affected him. You know why? Because he's used to it. He's a fighter. He's ready to get in and fight. And see, that's something that the Republicans need to be pushing. He is a fighter. He's not afraid. He's ready and willing to go the distance, as opposed to trying to tear him down and give the Democrats ammunition to use against him. Because if you're going to start signing his age, and when he does get the nomination, they're going to say, oh, but why did you decide his age? You guys are saying also that his age mattered. And then... Democrats, not Republicans, not knowing what to say, they'll sit there, duh, uh, as opposed to saying, no, age and cognitive ability. And in your party, they don't have either. Look at Kamala Harris. She's young, but her cognitive ability? I mean, this woman, I mean, the, the, the snafus that she's made, and we see them. And I'm just surprised that they haven't done her the same way They've done other Republicans when they've made snafus like her. I mean, it's like she she stands up and she says things. And you're like, what did she say? And why did she say that? And she and she's thinking that she's on point when she's saying a lot of this stuff, but she's not. It makes absolutely no sense. She's talking about AI. Oh, it's two letters, A and I, artificial intelligence, nothing serious. She was even trying to weigh in on the whole deal with slavery and slaves uh, being able to utilize tools that they learned when they were in slavery. And then the whole thing with going into space. I mean, she made a complete idiot out of herself. Now, of course, had she been Dan Quayle, who was Bush, the first Bush's vice president, they would have had a field day. Dan Quayle was never able to live that down. When he misspelled potato. Was it? Yeah, tomato, tomato, tomato. He put an E on the end. And they knew that it was a simple mistake, but the media ran with it. Oh, he's young and he's dumb. So why is it that we should get someone who's young and dumb or someone who's young and inexperienced? We need someone who has experience and had the cognitive ability to run the country. Because if you get someone who's too young, they're not going to know what to do. And they're not going to get the respect. You know, has Kamala ever been overseas and met with any of our like foreign allies or important foreign allies like Putin or not that she would meet with him now or the president of, uh, of China? I don't think she has. And not that we want her to because she would probably put her foot in her mouth. And speaking of China, where the heck is Tony Blinken? Andrew, have you heard any news stories about Tony Blinken lately? He's just disappeared. Where is this guy? He's a secretary of state. You would think he would be out like making deals or trying to, you know, shore up allies. When Mike Pompeo, hands down, I got to say, he was like the 
best secretary of state. Yeah. You know, they it, even tried to get him to run for the presidency, Andrew. Yeah, Blinken's just like the rest of the Biden administration, where they're just like out of sight, out of mind. They try not to be noticed, and they think that they're doing a good job. Uh, like the only time you hear about Pete Buttigieg is when he screwed something up. Otherwise, uh, the guy kind of just stays in the background. He used to do a lot of TV appearances, but I haven't even heard of him doing that recently. Uh, it seems like their strategy, just like Sleepy Joe's, just stay in the basement, stay off the radar. And uh, you're doing a good job. We're seeing that with Blinken. We're seeing that with Merrick Garland and a lot of the other incompetent people that Joe Biden has put into the, his staff. You're right. That does seem to be their method of operation, the modus operandi, to stay out of sight, out of sight, out of mind. Poop Buttigieg, the same thing. All of the cabinet members are out of sight, out of mind. And you're onto something. The reason why they are out of sight and out of mind, because they don't want people to see the screw-ups that they have made. Look at Jennifer Granholm, energy secretary, who's making a killing off of the stock, energy stock. But she won't say anything about it. Poop Buttigieg, look at the traveling. It's atrocious. And people, oh, you can't blame him. Oh, yes, we can blame him. Because who else are we to blame? Remember the supply chain problem that we had? And we still have it. Did those babies ever get their baby food? Yeah, look at Mayorkas and oh the, my God, the borders are Kamala Harris. I mean, just pathetic. Mayorkas should be impeached. And we had a guest to come on here once, and he said, oh, we need to focus on certain impeachments, laser focus. You know, in, actu in actuality, if we control the Senate, but actually, I don't know. If we control the Senate, I think if, under Rick Scott, who's a senator who tried to replace uh, that old toad that's there now, Mitch McConnell, we probably would have impeached the entire Biden administration when you think about it, because they're all corrupt. Poop Buttigieg has been a failure as transportation secretary. And we've just moved on. Republicans don't want to talk about it. You see, these are the things that they should be talking about. Yeah, you talk about the corruption, but you talk about it all and as holistically as to what this administration has not done and how they have failed the American people. Tony Blinken should be out there on the world stage. We should be see, we should see what he's doing. I mean, look at the threat with China and Taiwan. He should be out there saying, this is what we're doing. But instead, he goes to China, and then China tells him, look, don't come up here telling us what we better do. You better take that back to the United States. Janet Yelling, the Treasury Secretary, she goes over there, and she's bowing down to China. This does not look good for America. And then you have China going to these African countries saying, oh, don't worry about America. They're yesterday. Look at that old leader. He's old. He's pathetic. He doesn't know what he's doing. He has to have cue cards. He gets confused. He's stumbling. He's mumbling. And the only response that we have to that is that, oh, no, Joe, he has a speech impediment problem. Well, if that's the case, he should have never been elected presidency. I mean, they're just making up all these excuses. And then we want to go to Africa and try to dictate to Africa as to how they should treat transgenders and all these other people it's like wait a minute you need to focus on america yeah and focus on america and the establishment and all these desantis supporters wonder why we want president trump back i mean you've got uh buddies with frank lutz the putts kevin mccarthy as speaker of the house this is who republicans put into that spot who's just a complete disappointment and then S senate minority leader You've got Mitch McConnell, so you can't trust these guys to make the right selection. 
uh, President Trump is an outsider. He's a voice for the voiceless. And that's why people are so drawn to him is because when he got into office, he didn't just forget about his voters. He interacted with them on Twitter. Uh, he saw what they were concerned about and he'd speak out on it every time we've gotten so many times where we've thought that we've elected someone decent and good and then you never hear from them again when they get into office and that's what we're seeing with this biden administration you're so right that's what we're seeing trump never once forgot about the voters he never forgot about the voters he said what he was going to do and he did it no you got those out there that are say well he didn't build a wall I heard Ron DeSantis saying that, well, you know, the wall is not exactly there, but he started the wall. This man was thrown, so many things were thrown at him throughout his administration, throughout the time he was in office. I mean, you had Mad Dog Mattis lying to him and saying, oh, well, we need to pay the troops because if we don't pay the troops, they haven't had a raise in a long time. So don't fund the wall. Let's pay the troops. And Trump said, don't ever come to me with this type of bill. And then you had that woman, oh gosh, I almost said her name with the blonde hair coming out and attacking Trump simply because he was unable to complete the wall and she wants to throw him under the bus. It's like, are you serious? Are you serious? The man was trying with everything that was thrown at him, but look at the unemployment rate that he brought down. Look at the new voters that he did bring in with black men votes. Stop worrying about those college, bougie, uh, soccer moms in the suburbs, because if they don't get their heads on straight, their family lives will be destroyed. I'm tired of people saying, well, he can't get the college, the soccer moms. What about black men? He got inroads there. Maybe he should focus on them and forget about those women. If they want their neighborhoods to be destroyed with crime and everything else, so be it. It's time for a new voters block. But when I hear people say that, well, he didn't, he didn't build the wall and, you know, we wanted the wall to be built. I'm like, are you serious? Is that the only thing you have to say is about the wall? And, but, you know, that's what, that's what they're going to hang their hat on. They're going to bring it up, hang their hat on it and think nothing of it. Whereas Trump, as you said, he went. And he did what he had to do. He did not forget about the people that put him into office. And that is a reason why when he, go, he gives these rallies, so many people are there. And then you let Republicans sit there and allow the Democrats to talk about all oh, those people. They're radicals. And then the whole thing that how they're trying to make MAGA a bad word. Biden coming out, oh, it's those MAGA people, those MAGA people. You see, if Republican journalists and Republicans were thinking, they would say, wait a minute. They're trying to redefine us again. They're trying to control the narrative yeah. because MAGA stands for Make America Great Again. Yeah, I even heard him talking about uh, some of the people in the House that are aligned with President Trump on certain issues on the media. They call them the ultra MAGA Republicans in the House. This is how they're phrasing them, like it's some kind of uh, demonic word or something to just smear these people as evil. And that's what they're doing. But it's like, but it stands for make America great again. If you're ultra, you're ultra make America great again. What's wrong about that? Bill Clinton even talked about make America great again. Barack Obama talked about it. So why can't we talk about it? They want to damage it because they know that it's effective. They know that it's something positive that they want to turn into something dirty.
Like when Trump had the red cap, make America great again. People, oh, it just it, – it, it, it sets me off. It triggers me. It makes me mad. Mad for your country? Want your country to be made great again? And what has Biden done? He has destroyed the infrastructure of the country with these incompetent individuals that are serving. And, and by the way, they're young. So that goes to show you have to be careful when you get someone who's young and dumb. Because if they have nothing behind them, you don't want them there. Again, as we opened up talking about, we want someone who is smart, who's capable, and who can go the distance. Age is just a number. I agree. But when you don't have the cognitive ability, you don't have the cognitive skills, we're in trouble. And I was speaking about, I mentioned just a while ago about the conservative writer. Her name is Ann Coulter. She, she never ceases to amaze me. I mean, she used to be all in for Trump, but because Trump was unsuccessful in building that whole wall, she's mad and she's angry. It's like, but come on. The man was, I mean, was put into like turmoil. And then she likes to say also, oh, well, when he was in office, his first term, he had a Republican Senate and a Republican House. Yeah, I agree he did. But many of them were rhinos. See, this is what Republicans, this is what bothered me, bothers me. One of the things that bothers me about Republicans is that some of them don't think. And they put out this propaganda, and then other people don't think also. They say, oh, yeah, you're right. It's like, but let's dissect that. Let's dissect what they're saying. Like with the age, let's dissect that. We're not saying we don't want people who are older. We're saying we don't want them if they're cognitively challenged. But if they have their heads on straight physically and mentally, of course we want them into office because they have a lot to offer because they have been through something. How can someone who's 20 years old tell me about life? Oh, but we do see that on the left. We see a lot of 20 and 25 years old saying, oh, well, I've gone through so much in my short time. Yeah, you've gone through some, but there's a whole lot more years ahead of you. So until you get those years of experience, just sit in the background and learn, watch and learn, understand. Maybe that's what DeSantis should have done as opposed to jumping out there. Now, some of you would say, well, what about by backup? The same thing. He's young. I know that he built a company. He's like a millionaire or billionaire or what have you. But we still need people who are accomplished, who understand, and who can do something. Because no matter who you are, you're going to still be met with opposition. I mean, Trump was met with opposition. He had to sign a lot of things through executive order. But just imagine how Republicans worked with him as opposed to against him. Just imagine had they not been jealous of him and said, oh, my God, I can't believe he was able to do it. Then I should be able to do it. And that's what a lot of them were looking at. A lot of them had done. I think about Mike Bloomberg. He did the exact same thing. He saw Trump and said, well, if Trump can do it, certainly I can run for the presidency. But he had thin skin. He tried to buy his way in, paying up all these organizations, paying up all these groups. No, Mike Bloomberg, as the mayor of New York, he was great. Some of the things I didn't like with him trying to be preachy and say, you can eat this, you can't eat that. That's not for you to determine. That's for us to decide. You put the option out there and we can decide as to whether or not we want to go with it. But he had thin skin. So all these people who saw Trump do it, they said, oh, I can do it if Trump can do it. Oh, and I got to mention this before we close out. Mitch Romney, another loser who ran for the presidency and he lost, went against Barack Obama. I mean, he and people said that he should have beat Barack Obama. But of course, the media was against him. And then Mitt Romney, I mean, he just wasn't strong enough. He wasn't willing to fight. You got to have a fighter like Trump. 
And see, now he's mad. He being Mitt Romney, he's mad at Trump because Trump is going to do it again. And this is this this all goes back to when he thought Trump was going to make him the Secretary of State. That's what he thought. He thought Trump was going to make him the Secretary of State, and Trump didn't make him the Secretary of State. Remember that? You guys remember that when he when Trump had invited uh, Mitt Romney to bed minister? They also went out to dinner, and Mitt was smiling because he thought, oh, he's going to make me the Secretary of State. And when I get there, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm not going to do anything that he wants to do. I'm going to run my own little shop. That's what he thought. Because remember, that's what Rex Tillerson had done. But Rex Tillerson wasn't as you know out there as, as Mitt Romney would have been. But Trump was like, no, I'm not going to make you Secretary of State. You're not going to be Secretary of State. I'm sorry. And from that moment on, Mitt Romney has been mad at Trump. So now he's coming out and he's telling donors, oh, don't give to uh, Trump and don't give to uh, candidates that you know that can't win. Pick one candidate and put all your money behind that candidate. You know what else? Mitt Romney did the same thing when he was a governor of Massachusetts. He told the donors to do the exact same thing. And you know what happened? The folks that were running in Massachusetts lost because that was not a good plan. So I would advise you all to ignore Mitt Romney, and they should retire Mitt Romney the same way they retired Liz Cheney. Put him out to pasture because he doesn't have an idea as to what's happening. He doesn't have an inkling. And it's best to get rid of him as opposed to allow to listen to him and allow him, Andrew, to mess everything up. Yeah, you're right. It's hard to believe, but we're already out of time tonight. Thank you all for joining us on After Dark with Robin Andrew on America Out Loud, which is available on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, TuneIn Radio, wherever you stream, or you can go to AmericaOutloud.news. We'll see you guys next time. And remember, stand for something or fall for nothing.